The following is a Barrett Sports Media production. We do the digging so you don't have to. We've got breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. Bringing you the biggest stories from the industry you care about. This is the Media Noise Podcast. Well, let's hear it. Now, here's your host, Dimitri Ravanos. We've made some really good additions to Barrett Sports Media in 2021. One of them is Brandon Kravitz between where he lives and what he has written about this week. I felt like it was an appropriate time to give him an entire episode, so we will get to him in just a moment. But first, let's talk about the heat that our pal Kirk Herbstreet is taking from his colleagues in the college football media. Kirk was, of course, a guest on this show just a few months back, and he said, look, he is not ashamed to share his opinions. He doesn't care whether or not you agree or disagree with them. So I don't know how much sleep he is losing over the idea that Writers, fellow broadcasters, basically anybody associated with college football is coming at him and saying this sort of snarky, oh, I guess you guys thought a team like Cincinnati could never make the college football playoff. That act has worn thin very quick, and I think it's fair criticism. Look, Kirk Herbstreet and ESPN are 100% responsible for the idea that a small team could never make the college football playoff. And Oklahoma State losing and Notre Dame not playing made it impossible to keep the University of Cincinnati out of the fourth spot, they deserve the third spot, by the way, in the college football playoff. They, it, it just did. So this is not the college football playoff committee doing the right thing and, and you know, by extension, ESPN benefiting the little guy, giving the little guy the leg up they deserve. This was a matter of there was absolutely nowhere else the committee could turn. And I guarantee you behind the scenes, People at ESPN, maybe even Kirk Herbstreet included, were trying to figure out how they could justify putting Notre Dame in that spot over Cincinnati. So while I know Herbie is not losing any sleep over this, he looks like an absolute jackass with this snarky routine this week. So sports gambling, of course, is spreading in legality. Hmm, Is that the right way to say it? Anyway, it's spreading across the nation. And even though we have seen some interesting fights to get sports betting legalized in some states, I don't think we've seen anything as strange as what we have seen in the state of Florida. And of course, leave it to the state of Florida. And we bring in our own Florida man, Brandon Kravitz, to sort of give us the lay of the land there. All right, Brandon, so before we even get into... This stop and start that the Sunshine State experienced uh, with sports gambling, explain to people just what a strange and an abnormal process this was for you to even be able to bet legally for even that short amount of time in Florida. Yeah, so this was something that um, the, the lawmakers, Ron DeSantis, the governor, wanted to push through uh, the Seminole Tribe, which has a lot of power and a lot of stroke in the state of Florida, um, they want it and they want it exclusive to them. Mm-hmm. And so the D truck that, and this was, this was the part that wound up, um, getting overturned and, and we kind of are where we are right now, um, is that the Seminole tribe had servers on their land where the app was operating from. And their claim was if you use the app, no matter where you are in the state of Florida, as long as you're betting on that app, technically that bet is being placed on Seminole land, which is legal. You can gamble on Seminole land. 
um, just as of right now, or the holdup was sports betting. And so they allowed that. And then that was kicked up to the federal courts and then overturned. And so we had what was, I think it was about a month of legal sports betting and uh, the Hard Rock Sportsbook app was the only way that you could do it. Yep. You couldn't use DraftKings. You couldn't use FanDuel, uh, Caesars Sportsbook, none of these. It was one app. Uh, it happened to be a fantastic app, so user-friendly. Uh, I had a, a conversation with a bunch of listeners, coworkers about it. People fell in love with this, mm -hmm. um, some of which had never even placed a bet before. They didn't yeah. do the offshore book shady thing. Um, they felt like, okay, well, the cloak was off, and this is something that I can do now. And um, it was very short-lived. So you had a month of legal sports betting, and then you had like two weeks of, yeah, I mean, we were told to yes. stop, but we're not gonna. So yeah, I'm getting messages like, can I still do this? And I'm right. like, I mean, as, as long as they're taking your wager, I guess so. And then we had one day, it was actually, it was the Saturday of championship weekend in mm -hmm. college football, where uh, it was that morning you went on and it said, you got a big error message that said temporarily suspended mm. and the funds that I had in there. And I'm, I'm assuming this happened to other people were zeroed out. It said nothing. Really? And so your bets were gone. Whatever wagers you had placed on those championship games, or if you had stuff for Sunday in the NFL or whatever, um, all of that was gone. And so you're thinking, oh my God, they, they've now taken my money. Yeah. Um, but they did end up, they, they replenished all of it. It was just sort of a glitch in the system. But yeah, it was a lot of confusion and kind of like you had a feeling you were playing with fire when they overturned it and your money's still sitting in there. There was a, a, a federal law that says bets on Indian land or bets at Indian-owned casinos can only be placed on Indian land. And, you know, you explained it perfectly. The Seminole tribe said, hey, the servers are on our land. That is technically placing a bet on our land. And the judge said, no, I don't buy that. To me, that is such an antiquated interpretation of the rule. That is a guy that is looking at betting solely from the standpoint of pushing chips across the table and not right. the way the industry is moving. So do you hold out hope that sports betting is going to come back on appeal or are you feeling like you're back at square one in the state of Florida? I think we're beyond square one, but I don't think we're much beyond. Maybe we're on square two at this point. <laughs> right. I don't get hung up in caring about the legalities of all of this. I am a sports talk radio host. I am an avid sports fan. I love the idea of sports betting. I think that it is a, it's a healthy vice as long as you can control yourself like yeah. anything else in moderation, it's just fine. So I'm an advocate for that. And I think it's great for content. So I just want it to exist and I don't care how it exists. The problem is I do agree that you've got entities like FanDuel and DraftKings that are promoting heavily in this state mm -hmm. to push legislation through that allows sports betting for all. And I do think that that's better. It's better to have a market where you've got companies that are vying for your participation. Yeah, and, and let me just, more, yeah, let me just real quick, just to add some perspective for people that don't understand why the Seminole tribe had all of the sports gambling, uh, had the monopoly in the state, is there was an agreement with the state of Florida like decades ago that they would have time. a, yeah. yeah, that they would have a monopoly on gambling in the state period. So this was the way the state could make sports gambling happen the quickest. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it goes back to 
that's why I kind of find myself in this weird spot as far as analyzing it, because you have the, you know, the, just the sports fan, the on-air side, the human rights side. I mean, we basically pushed them out of their homes and communities and said, oh, well, or sorry for the atrocities against your people. Uh, here's <laughs> Have gambling. a casino. Yeah. <laughs> and, and they're like, okay, we're not going to forget that you gave us this. Right. And we're not just going to give it back. I, so I agree with that. I also agree with just a fair market society or free market where you have multiple companies and it's not a monopoly. Um, so I think in the long term, this will be a positive because you can have hard rock, you can have FanDuel and DraftKings, and it's probably better for our business because that's more companies that mm -hmm. could present live read opportunities. So let me ask you a talent. question. Did, did the Seminole Tribe, did the hard rock app have any reason to advertise during that short time? No, because they knew they knew yeah, it was going to happen. I, I, I had, I had reached out. I had to put out feelers because I was talking about it so much. If you listen to my show, it sounded like I had a hard rock endorsement <laughs> because it wasn't like, I couldn't be like, Oh, that app. Like, you know what app I'm talking about? There's right. only one. Whether or not you know it, the MLS is going to crown a champion this weekend. Shortly after Brandon and I are recording this. Brandon, you are in Orlando, a, a city that was a one pro sport town forever. And then along came Orlando City SC, and it came along with a lot of passion. And we saw this in Atlanta. We've seen this in Portland, who is playing for a championship this weekend. We've seen it up in Seattle. These MLS fans are incredibly passionate. These stadiums sell out. I mean, Atlanta sells out Mercedes-Benz Stadium yeah. for Atlanta United FC. There is still no reason to talk about this sport on sports radio, though. Yeah, it's crazy. And when when MLS and Orlando City first really burst onto the scene in 2015, it took me by surprise the, the level yeah. of support that it had. And so I did. I felt like I had to play catch up. And I am in a boat that I think most people in, in this business probably are. There are those that know the sport really well. Mm -hmm. I didn't grow up playing it. I didn't grow up watching it. My dad wasn't a soccer fan. He taught me everything I know. I knew about sports at a young age. I watched football, baseball, basketball, a little right. bit of hockey, a little bit of boxing, you know, and that was it. Um, like I think most American sports fans. And then I didn't grow an appreciation for soccer until I got older but I didn't understand it. I just appreciated it. Mm -hmm. you know, I could watch a world cup and enjoy it, but I didn't really know the intricacies of what I was watching. Certainly not to the point where I could analyze it. And so then when MLS bursts onto the scene, I'm like having this like anxiety of, I don't know how to talk about this sport. <laughs> and all of a sudden they're filling up our biggest stadium in town. Right. I got to talk about it. And, um, and yeah, you know, so that persisted for a little while. And then I just kind of realized that, it was more of a cool thing to do in town than mm -hmm. it was a bunch of new soccer fans. Right. It was, it was people who liked to be with a crowd to go where the party was. And it just became sort of a movement, but it wasn't really a movement of soccer. It was a movement of there's something <laughs> new, shiny and pretty in our right. town. It's and now, you know, you just kind of settled into where there's still somewhat of a casual audience. You have your hardcore fans and they yeah. are awesome and they're hardcore. And that's the difficulty of where we stand. That soccer crazed audience does not come to me because they know I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. So you, I think, hit on one of the two biggest problems with soccer and sports radio. The people that say they want to hear more 
soccer talk on sports radio, they don't want to hear it from us, right? They are instantly judging what we do and don't know, and that's that's fine. I mean, I feel this way when I am listening to shows in Boston talk about college football. It pisses me off more than anything else, right? The other side of this, which I find very interesting, before you joined us, and we're talking like 2018, I think, I wrote a piece where I spoke with several program directors of stations that carried the local MLS team. And all of them acknowledged that on TV, Premier League is what is driving the bus. Premier League is what will always drive the bus outside World Cup years. And all of them, to a man, said, oh, no, that's the craziest, that's the craziest idea I've ever heard when I suggested the idea of carrying Premier League on the radio. It's, it is. It sort of creates this sort of weird spot for us because I think there is more interest in that level of soccer because that's where the stars are. Right. But community-wise, um, like Orlando City and teams like the Portland Timbers and all of them, you know, like they have uh, – they're important to their local – um communities but they're not really driving an audience of people that just need to know what's going on i think personally it has a lot more to do with the league itself part of the reason why we can talk magic basketball in orlando even though the team is terrible is because magic fans know what's going on elsewhere so i can take a topic from another city tie it to what we have going on here or vice versa and an audience will understand that conversation if I started talking about the Columbus crew, no one would have an idea of what I'm talking about, <laughs> right. including me. And so if I'm confined to one team that that we aren't really all that passionate about, except for that one little niche audience that, you know, they they should have an outlet. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think the smart thing to do would be to have a, a, a podcast specific to go here with our branding. And this is who knows how to talk about that stuff. But as far as filling drive time segments on a regular basis with MLS talk, we're just not there yet. So let's wrap on this because this is one thing that I have thought about for, I would say, about three or four years now. This is going to upset some people when I say this, but I think if you think logically, it is undeniably true. Soccer is a better TV product than baseball is, period. Like there is, there may not be as much scoring, but there is constant action. Baseball is the only sport in the world where you have to know how to tell a story about your dog because so little actually happens, right? That being said, baseball has a, what, 100-year head start in terms of being a part yeah. of pop culture? Um, Not just part of pop culture, but a part of your life a- as a kid. It is really crazy to me that MLS can make the kind of gains that it has in terms of popularity in the 20 years since the league launched, and still we are talking about what, a quarter of an audience for a championship versus a regular Saturday baseball game? Oh, I mean, if you just follow along with the viewership numbers for MLS, they're flat. In the sports talk business, when you're trying to hit a mass audience, you're often not talking about the sporting event that had 500,000 people watching. (laughs) It's not enough. That's a lot. And credit to them. It's not easy to get 500,000 people to do anything. Yeah. And so there is success baked into that. And there is... Uh, there's growing value uh, for these franchises. So it's not like things aren't going in the right direction. They're just not going in our direction. And I don't know how we sort of straddle that fence. When does that change? All right, that is going to do it for us this week on Media Noise. Big thanks to Brandon for taking a big chunk of time out of his day to join us. Next week is going to be the final episode of 2021. I know it may not have felt like at times that this year was flying by, but 
Good God, even the little bit of change we got in terms of the COVID status and what it did to society from 2020 to this year really made it feel like we were able to do things and the year just zipped by. So do not miss next week's episode. See you later, everybody. This concludes our broadcast day. Thanks for listening to the Media Noise Podcast with Dimitri Ravanos. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and leave a review. And check back soon for new episodes. To stay up to date on the latest sports media happenings, visit BarrettSportsMedia.com.